that we need to know, and that is whenever you have bread on the table while you're eating meat or dairy, you can't use that bread afterwards for the other kind, which means like this. On Shabbat, you have challah. You cut pieces of uh, loaf from that challah, you cut, slice it, and you give it over to people to eat, and they eat that together with the meat. Then, you have leftover. Sunday morning, you wake up, you want to use that challah, put some cream cheese on it, and eat it. That's not allowed. Why? Because while people were eating their meat, they were also touching that bread, and therefore that bread became meat, that you can't use it also for dairy. That's Alakai and Shulchan Says Moshe Feinstein, the Chidush. He says that that is only true for the slice that you cut. But the other half that you didn't get to yet, you have a challah, long challah. You cut and you slice some pieces and you gave over and you, have, you had some extra pieces you put on the table. But the loaf that you didn't cut yet completely, you only cut half of it, that half you're allowed to use with dairy. It's that he says. He says that there's a mitzvah mina mufchar, it's better not to. But, Meikar Adin, the permits you to use that leftover bread, since you didn't slice it yet, for dairy. But the pieces that you sliced, you can't, why not? Because you touch with your hands. While you are eating the meat, you touch those pieces of uh, bread, and therefore, that you can't use. Or, because you put it on the table, and on the table, also things spill on the, on the, on the table itself. On, uh, sometimes the meats you put there, sometimes it's, it spills from the, from the soup, whatever it is. So therefore, even though you know it didn't happen, that is Gzerat Chazal. Chazal said, you're not allowed to use the bread that you used for meat, for afterwards uh, dairy uh, dishes and food. Same thing, vice versa. Use it for dairy, you're not allowed to use it for meat. Yes? Just to make sure that also the oven that you bake the challah in, if it was in a meat oven, it would be considered meat. So you wouldn't be able to use it with, let's say, the challah with butter, right? Right. So last week we spoke about this, and we said two weeks ago already, uh, we said that whenever you use your meat oven, let's say, to bake challah, cakes, or whatever it is, the, most of the buskim would, would say that you shouldn't use that bread or that cake together with dairy. You shouldn't drink your coffee with milk together with that cake. But you don't become fleshy, you don't become meat, and you don't need to wait six hours. And it's fine if you didn't. So that is the, that is the psak of most of the poskim. I told you that in Eretz Israel there are poskim that are more lenient about it. And they're saying that you're allowed to eat it together with dairy, and talacha, really one should be machmir, this is how I heard from uh, Rav Belsky. this is I think the way he writes in Shulchan Alevi, and this is the way most of the poskim hold. But this is the oven, and the reason for the oven, we spoke in the past, is because of the ze'ah, ze'ah that comes out, which is, what's the ze'ah? That's a steam, oven builds steam, and whenever there's a build of steam, it gets to the food, and let's say you have over there chicken, with sauce. So that chicken fills out the oven, and then you put over there challah, afterwards that steam that was built throughout the oven the walls, comes down to the challah. So one needs to be careful with that, especially if we're dealing with uh, steam that comes out from liquid, it's much more severe than steam that comes out from solid. 
Rav Moshe was asked this question. He said, maybe we could be lenient with ovens. Why? Because A, there's uh, maybe holes in the ovens, the vents that the, the steam goes through, and therefore it disappears. And secondly, maybe it doesn't have enough of a steam to go out and come into your, uh, afterwards, if you use dairy on the meat oven, come into the dairy. Maybe you don't have enough. So Moshe said a few things. He said that, first of all, ze'ah, it doesn't make a difference if you have vents, you have an opening, or you don't. The Ramah brings down in the end of Tzadik Bet that even on the open area, if you have steam goes up to something else on top, just like we spoke about the spices, it becomes davar ha'asur. And secondly, um, it could be that um, when we're dealing with the oven, we're dealing with the oven, we don't know how much of that food that you had over there came out to the steam. The halacha is, this is the way the Ramah brings down over there, and it's throughout Basav HaKhalav. You have to measure against the whole thing that's there. Although, not the whole thing made steams, in other words, it didn't all uh, disappear in the air, and therefore maybe we're afraid that it's going to come down to your next dish, the dairy dish you put there, but we measure, when you don't know how much went out, you have to measure, connected the whole thing. You have to measure according to like it would be that the whole thing disappeared, it all came down afterwards to your dairy dish. So that is the halacha. That's what we're talking about oven. What we're talking about right now, what? We're talking about um, a bread that was left on from the meat uh, mill or dairy. Same thing would be probably with salads. You have salads, and if you handle that salads with your hands, it would be a problem. That's how the Uchoshulchan brings down. But today's salad is not so, because usually you have those serving spoons. If you have, let's say, all kind of dips, or hummus, trina, whatever it is, you always put over there a spoon or a serving uh, uh, spoon, something else, that people use that, and therefore they don't touch it with their hand. We're not afraid, and therefore you can use it for something else. Even on the ikar uh, salad that we're talking about, all the food, the Ucho Shulchan says, like, it's a mitzvah min it's a mitzvah to have a separation and not to use it again. It's not like bread that is gzerat chazal. So therefore, when we're dealing with salads, or anything else that was left from the meat meal, or the dairy, it would be a good thing not to use it for the other thing, unless you're using such a serving spoon. Okay? Now, another thing we need to know that Dalachah brings down, and that is whenever you're eating on a table, you're not allowed afterwards to use that same tablecloth and eat on that the other kind. For instance, you ate on Shabbat morning on the tablecloth, you ate over there all the meat dishes. Now, in the afternoon, six hours later, you want to eat dairy, or vice versa. So you want to eat on the same tablecloth? That's not allowed. Halakha in Shulchan Aruch says, that's not allowed. What should you do? So some say that it's sufficient, that's how the Rashba says, to turn it over. You turn over the tablecloth, so the other side is fine. Some say that if you're using plates, then that's not a problem, because it's only when you're actually eating on the tablecloth, but not when you're using plates. So normally, even if you have um, ta- a tablecloth, normally people use it with plates. But let's say some people put their, uh, uh, some, some pieces of food they put on the tablecloth itself. It's, it's a dry thing, so they don't put it on their plates. Then it becomes a problem to use that together with the dairy. You have to be a little bit careful. This is how the Radbaz brings down that. As long as you have plates, you don't have to worry about 
not eating on the same tablecloth. So it's a, it's, it's a certain leniency that one can use. That is an, another halakha with tablecloth. Remember that, yes. So same as like a placemat. So you don't same have to have a placemat. Yes. If, if you have a placemat, you have no problem. No, I'm same saying, thing. but you don't have to have, like I used to always put for my kids under the cereal bowl, placemats, but they're eating the cereal out of the bowl, so it's okay that we ate, you know, chicken the night before on the table. Right. So I didn't put the placemat down. Right, right, with, right, with right. But we're saying even, even more than that. It doesn't make, how do you saying? Yeah. It doesn't make a difference because the heat itself is in the bowl. So we're not, it, it doesn't actually penetrate to the placemat or to the table, to the tablecloth, doesn't. But when you have such a tablecloth um, with a placemat, you don't have to worry about anything at all because the placemat would be just like the, the uh, bowl that you have on top. Now they have few separations. You have the tablecloth, you have on top of that the mat, and you have on top of that the uh, bowl, or you have a plate, that's already too much. You don't need to come on to that. But once you have that, that's fine. You can use the, the same place mat afterwards uh, for, for, for soup. As long as they don't eat from the place mat itself, it's fine to use it. It's only not allowed to use, according to the Shittah of the Radbaz, if you're eating straight from the tablecloth. How is that possible? Again, sometimes people put some things not on the plate itself. They have all kind of uh, different dry things. You have... Uh, Burekas. So sometimes, instead of putting it on your plate, you see that the plate has some uh, liquidy things inside. You don't want it to get wet. You put it on the tablecloth. It's clean. But then you want to use the same tablecloth. You want to put over there a piece of cheese or something else. That becomes problematic. You need to have that separation. You need to have that separation. There's a Sefer Madanesh Ulchani writes a Chidush. She says if you're using a nylon um, tablecloth, like they do today. Today they have those... Uh, um, that they throw away afterwards to one-time use. So this disposal, disposable, so even if you have a real good tablecloth that is made out of nylon, and you clean it between using one and the other, you just wipe it, since it's, it, a nylon doesn't absorb, and we're not talking about putting there anything hot. You're not, putting it, you're not putting hot food on top of that nylon. You're just putting food. You're putting cold cheese, Cold means it's not to the heat of Yatsoledit. So therefore, since you're putting such things on it, you don't have a problem if you wipe it between one use and the other use, that's completely fine to use. The only time it would be a problem if you have cloth or things like that, that the food gets into it, and then you want to put that cheese on top of the place that you put meat on that tablecloth. Since it gets into it, so that becomes problematic. But if you're cleaning it, that is fine. It's just the same idea as uh, we would say glass doesn't absorb, right? So you can use glass for meat and dairy, according to Sfaladim for sure. Some Ashkenazim even uh, permit such a thing. But same idea over here. It does not absorb, and therefore you can clean it and use it. That's when we're talking about such a nylon tablecloth. Yeah? Another thing that we found in al when we're talking about eating is... The Al-Kha says that while you eat on a table, let's say you eat meat, you can't have on the same table dairy food. Not allowed to have dairy food. Why? Because we're afraid that while you're eating the meat food, you're going to come and grab that dairy food. It's a concept in al in many places, that whenever we're dealing with food, we have to take precaution, a lot of precaution, extra precaution. Why? Because while people are busy with eating, they forget themselves. You eat that food, but then you see something you like on the other side, 
and you forget yourself because people, while they're eating, not thinking too much. So therefore, you can't have dairy food while you eat meat. This is the opinion of the Ran. That's how we possess Lalacha. Rashi says a little bit different. Rashi says we're afraid that the meat will touch the dairy. And therefore, once they touch each other, once meat and dairy touch each other, they give a little bit one to the other, right? Naturally. Even dry things, even not liquidy things, even dry things, once they touch each other, you'll have to, since there's a little bit of shamnunit, a little bit of oil, almost every food has a little bit of oil in it, unless it's dry without any oil, if you touch it each other, you'll have to wash it before eating it, since one gives to the other. And therefore we're afraid while you're eating, that is uh, something that might happen, and therefore to prevent that, Chachamim said, you can't eat on the same table uh, meat, while you have dairy in it, and vice versa, same thing. Also, if you're eating with somebody else, let's say you're eating with your husband, with your wife, and you want to eat meat, and they want to eat a bowl of cereal. You eat with your kids, they want to eat the yogurt, and you want to eat a piece of meat. So while it's on the same table, that's not allowed. What's the solution to that? You have to do a certain hekel. What's hekel? Either you put a placemat under your plate or their plate, or you put something in between you, like for instance, you have, uh, you have something that's normally not on the table, you're allowed to put that, you put a vest that's normally not on the table, you put it in between you and the person that eats the dairy, and that would be a reminder. It has to have a little bit of height, although we said by a placement that's good enough, but that's only a placement. But when you're putting something on the table, you have to have something with a little bit of height. So let's say you're putting your keys between you, that's not good enough because that's not going to remind you. You see, you, you see it as something that's low and therefore you're not going to have that as a reminder. But when we're talking about something that's a little bit higher, you have a vest as we spoke. We even have something that uh, that's uh, in, in, in this halakha of Hassan the Ramah brings down from the Bet Yosef, from the Shulchan Aruch, that even if you have something that's a little bit tall, that's normally not on the table and you're using it, that's good. Like, for instance, you want to put orange juice on top between uh, the two people that are eating. You want to put uh, a bottle of uh, Coca-Cola in between. Although you'll be drinking from it, that's good enough. And that's fine. The but this is the alakad. The alakad that although you're eating and drinking from it, that's fine. Except bread. Bread is, an, is not acceptable. Because bread is something that people eat all the time. And therefore, one might eat from that and forget the whole thing. And therefore, you only have something that's not bread that could be used as long as it's not usually on the table between you. Good questions. Pavod. Not on this, but I had a question this yes. week. Um, like, I was thinking about like, eating soup, right? You have like a fleshika soup, let's say chicken soup. But let's say if you eat it, you only eat the liquid and the vegetables. Does that make like fleshik for six hours? Okay, so that's a good question. That's called tafshil shel basal. We didn't touch on that yet. Tafshil shel basal means something that was cooked together with meat. Or tafshil shel gvina. Always when we're referring to one thing, it's the same thing would be with uh, cheese. So let's say meat. You're eating the soup and you cooked over there chicken and you had over there vegetables. And you're not eating the chicken. You had a macaroni that you made together with, uh, with meatballs, but you're not eating the meatballs. So this is called tafshil shel basal. It's a cooking that had meat in it and you're not eating it. You need to wait six hours afterwards. So we have over here a machloket 
בשולחן ערוך אין דרמה. שולחן ערוך says, you don't need to wait. שולחן ערוך is usually what the Sephardim follow. דרמה says, you do have to wait six hours. So although the שולחן ערוך is what the Sephardim usually follow, and therefore, they don't, the Sephardim don't need to wait, but כפחיים, later פוסקים ספרדים, say that the מנהג בספרדים on this particular thing is like the רמה, which means even ספרדים will wait six hours. So yes, the answer is, if you're eating soup, and you're eating only the vegetables, but it was cooked together with chicken, you'll have to wait six hours. Now the reason you wait six hours normally is מחלוקת רשי and the Rambam. Why do we wait six hours after eating? So the Rambam says the reason is because the meat or the chicken gets stuck between the teeth. And now, if you come to eat dairy, you will come out and you're eating meat and dairy together. That's the opinion of the Rambam. The opinion of Rashi, the tool brought down, is that the meat goes into your stomach, and then for six hours, it takes out uh, taste to the mouth. You feel the taste in the mouth. It's like aftertaste that you feel for six hours. The Rambam says that's not the reason. The reason is because you get stuck on the teeth. So why is it six hours? Because the Rambam says that after six hours, it dissolves And even if you have something there in the teeth, it doesn't have anymore the, the, the basal name on it, which means it's not considered meat anymore. If the six hours becomes ruined already, it's spoiled, it doesn't, it's not anymore something that's going to be a soul. So this was the opinion of the Rambam. So we have over here two opinions, Rambam and Rashi. What's the halacha? Like both of them. So I'll tell you the difference between the two. Let's say you want to feed your baby and you want to give him chicken. So what do you do? You take the chicken and you chew it, and you give it to your baby. People do that today? In that time of the Gemara, that's how they feed. I don't know if they do that today. In the time of the Gemara, that's how they feed their baby. They take the chicken, they chew it, and they give it to the baby. Now, according to Rashi, it doesn't take out taste, because you didn't swallow it. But according to the Rambam, it gets stuck on the teeth because you, ch- you chew that thing. And therefore, you'll have to wait six hours. That's the halacha, because we machmir like both opinions. Another scenario, let's say, that you took something that you don't need to chew, like that soup that had chicken in it, or you took a small piece of chicken or meat, and you swallowed without any chewing. So according to the Rambam, you didn't chew, you don't need to wait. It's only something that got stuck between the teeth. Masar Shabbat But according to Rashi, it doesn't make a difference. It's still, the taste comes out. And therefore, we'll have to wait in both cases those six hours. Those six hours. But, unlike other things that don't have any of those uh, two restrictions, like for instance, that cake that you spoke about before, the cake had some steam maybe going from the meat that was put there before. And you're eating that cake. That cake doesn't have enough in it to take taste out. And also, whatever gets stuck in the teeth, that's not meat, that's cake. And therefore, that's not a soul. That would be permitted. The question about vitamins, for instance, or Moshe says the vitamins, don't, you don't have to wait. Even if you're taking meat vitamins, such, such things, he says you don't have to wait because it's not real meat anymore, and so on and so forth. But that is the halacha. Now, questions that I hear many times is that What happens if somebody just took a small piece of meat? That's all they ate. A very small piece of meat. Even they just um, wanted to taste the food, and they just tasted the food, 
and that's it. They just swallowed a little bit. So the halacha is that as long as you swallowed from the food, you become meat, fleshy. That's what it is. Although there are those that are a little bit more lenient on that, saying you don't have to wait if you ate something very, very small. But almost across the board, the poskim say that as long as you swallowed something, you'll have to wait six hours. You want to know a leniency? First of all, if you remember, we spoke in the past, I told you that this, is, this halacha is Sfaradi halacha seems to be. Because the Shukhan brings down, you have to wait six hours, and it's based on the majority of the Rishonim, the Rambam, the Rosh, the Ran, the Rif. But according to Ashkenazim, I told you, it says in the Shukhan that it's sufficient to what? Just take out the table. That's opening it off the Tosfot. Remember? We said the idea for that, we got a little bit in trouble on that, for, for that stuff, right? Let's explain it again. The, the, the Ramah says from Tosfot that what does it mean? The Gemara says that you can eat from Seuda to Seuda. You can't eat dairy after meat until you wait from Seuda to Seuda, which means from one meal to another meal. So there's a machlok at how to learn this idea of from one meal to another meal. According to the Shulchan Aruch, that's based on the Rishonim we mentioned, another, one meal to another meal means the time it takes from one meal to another meal. When do you usually eat the morning meal? You eat it, let's say, on 10 o'clock, you eat the morning meal. Then you have a night meal. People didn't have like these three meals a day. They had a morning and night in between. Maybe they, they snacked on something. So then, about 4 o'clock, they would eat six hours later. Why that hour? Because people didn't eat at night. It would be dark in the house. They would eat before the night. That's how it comes out from the Gemara in a few places, in the beginning of Masechet Brachot. That's how people used to eat before the night. And therefore, about 4 o'clock, they would eat their meal. It's six hours in between. That's the reason we wait six hours. But according to Tosfot, that's brought down in the Ramah, from meal to meal, misudah to suudah, doesn't mean the time it takes from suudah to suudah, rather literally from one suudah to another, which means once you finished your meat meal, you can take out the tablecloth, you can take out all the food, and bring right now dairy food and eat it. That's it. So according to the Ramah, Mikaradin, that would be sufficient. Then the Ramah says that there's a Chumrah also to wait an hour, and that's the opinion of the Zohar, to wait between meat and dairy, even dairy to meat, one hour. That's the Lashon in the Zohar. But he says that people are noeg to be machmir six hours. So la'alacha, people are noeg like that, Rema also for Ashkenazim. They wait six hours. But mikaradin, you don't have to wait that much. Why does it, when does it make a difference? It makes a difference if a person, let's say, is sick. So he doesn't need to wait all that time. He could be much more lenient according to the need that he has. Because there are opinions that say that you could wait much less. Or, for instance, you have sometimes a woman that has cravings, she's pregnant. She has strong cravings. The upper scheme of Eliashi, for instance, that says that as long as she waits a certain amount, usually an hour, just to be say, that opinion of the hour, so then it's fine for her with strong cravings to eat the chocolate that she needs or whatever it is. So you have those leniencies whenever you need. You have those leniencies, for instance, for kids. Kids, when do kids, when can kids eat um, dairy after they eat meat? So, over here you have a lot of different opinions in the poskim because it's nothing clear in the Shuhanuch and the Nosei Kelim. So the Achronim deal with it a lot and 
basically the way it works is that you don't have to be too strict on your kid until he reaches an age that he understands. So usually a kid starts understanding by age of six or so, about five, six. It's Gil Chinuch according to Sampo scheme. And then you start giving him slowly, slowly, uh, a little bit, you're building him up. So you tell him in the beginning when he gets to that age to wait an hour, if he can. If he can wait an hour, you let him wait an hour, and then you give him. And then when he gets a little bit older, the more he understands, the, ca- the more he's capable, the more he can, hel- he can, he can hold the halakha, he can handle the halakha, you add a little bit more hours, slowly, slowly. But you don't have to be too strict on him. That's the opinion of the poskim, that it could be rest- uh, with the exception of eating uh, snacks, chocolates, things that, are, that he doesn't really need to eat. Those things, you could be a little bit strict. If possible. Each person knows his kid and knows what he can handle, what he can't handle. Okay, questions? We'll have a vote. What about fish, um, fish and meat on the same table? Okay, so on fish and meat we don't find the restriction of not having it on the same table. There is a isur not to eat it together. The isur is because of the danger, Hamira Sakanta Misura, which means it was dangerous to eat meat and fish together. You would bring a tzarat, and therefore, the halacha brings down not to eat them together. But, although it's a suit to eat them together, but you're allowed to have them on the same table. And even more so, meat, uh, even more so, fish and dairy. That is something that already we found a machloket. According to Sfaradim, the more strict about it, because the Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch in Pezayin seems to indicate in the Bet Yosef that person needs to be a careful not to eat fish and dairy at the same time. And there's a big discussion whether is this uh, Bet Yosef a mistake, a printing mistake, or not. And there's Rishonim already to, uh, that indicate that one needs to be careful. Like, for instance, Rabbeinu Bechaya is one of the greatest Rishonim that is called Dvarav Divrei Kabbalah. He says that there's a danger eating fish and dairy together. And there's a list of Achronim, some say that it's fine, and some say that it's not fine. Each one should follow his own minahagim. But as far as putting it on the table cloth, uh, or the table while you're eating, you have no problem with that. Now, to mention another halacha while we're dealing with that topic, and that is, when is it mutal to eat together with somebody else while you're eating meat and he eats dairy? That would be mutal if you don't know the other person. It's a stranger. You're in an airplane, or you're in, uh, you're in some kind of uh, park, and you have a table over there, and you want to eat your sandwich with cream cheese, and they just made barbecue. They're eating on the same table, but they're strangers. So therefore, you don't have to have a separation between the two, and, the, and that's fine. Why? Because you're not going to come to eat from them. They're completely uh, out of your realm, and therefore you're not going to come to eat. But also, you have a uh, halakha like this, when you are together with a goy on the same table, and he eats his trefot, you don't have a problem. Why? Because it's so far away from you, you know that you're not going to eat from it. It's not like eating with somebody that you know, and therefore you might forget yourself. When somebody eats something that's taref, we're so far away from trefot, we're so uh, restricted from it, that the person would not make the mistake that he might take and, uh, and eat a piece of... Uh, of uh, pork that the other person is eating right now. It doesn't happen. And therefore, that's not 
asur to eat on the same table. That could be also at work. People that, that teach, for instance, in public schools, and you get lunch breaks. You go into the teacher, teacher's uh, table, and everybody's eating there. You want to eat your food. That is fine. You're allowed to eat your food over there because you're not going to come to eat from the other person. Also, sometimes that happens, you know, they make meetings in restaurants. It's very common today in the city that companies make meetings in restaurants. So you're allowed to go into a non-kosher restaurant. You're not going to eat over there. Either you have your own food or you're not eating at all. You'll order some kind of drink and that's it. Is that permitted? Well, Moshe said it's not permitted. You're not allowed because it doesn't look good. But today already, it's so known that there's no Maritain. This is how the Minchat Asher writes down, of Asher Weiss. Therefore, you have such a meeting, that would be permitted. But how can you eat? You don't have Maritain. Fine, because people understand that you go into a meeting, you're not going to eat over there. They see you a religious person, they're not suspecting you'll eat over there. But how can you sit down over there with all your... Um, all, all, all the people that sit around on your table, the people that you work with, your colleagues... And you're eating while they're eating things that are not kosher. And the answer is, and you're drinking your drink or you brought something with you, the answer is, we're not afraid that you're going to eat from the other person. That's the way it is. On bread, there are some uh, uh, restrictions if there's bread that's not kosher, because bread is that you might come to eat from the other person's bread. That's a little bit more restricted.